members, we usually start the first, the first solid ground session of every semester. We cover pretty much the same thing. It's, it's going to be like broken record. We probably you, you will have heard this before, but it, we feel like it's worth getting into, and it's the subject of common faith. Um, our uh, fellowship throughout the throughout the last few years has been topical. We've covered various things, finding Christ in this book or in that place, the experience of Christ as life. It's, I'll give you a hint. Pretty much every semester, it's going to be something related to the experience of Christ as life. We are believers. This is our bread and butter. This is central to the Christian life, is the experience of Christ as life. But we, we feel pretty strongly to, to begin the semester with the first one, Every time. So Logan's probably the seventh time we've heard this. Um, but it, it's, it's still good to get into. How many times have, have you guys, and, and I'm just going to speak to everyone as if we're all believers here. We love the Lord Jesus. We're all believers here. So that means we're brothers and sisters. But how many times have you had a classmate and an acquaintance who is perhaps curious about Christianity, the Christian faith, some other guys in the core, Michael, and they're like, dude, what is it with you guys? What makes a Christian different than a Buddhist? Yeah. I pick on Buddhists because my, my whole mom's family is off in Taiwan, so most of my family is Buddhists. But what makes you different? What, what, yeah. what, what do you believe and practice, Michael? Or... Um, I've had this before. Perhaps y'all have as well. Annie, I grew up, this is true, I grew up going to Methodist schools, like schools, and I have no idea your background, but let's, let's say you went to colloquial school or Baptist school or something. And what's the difference? We both call ourselves Christians. What's the difference between you guys and, and my guys? You know? Or, um, I don't know, Grayson, maybe you had a friend at uh, your undergrad at, at, uh, at uh, Washington State, Wazoo. No, yeah, yeah, Wazoo. So you had a friend maybe that said, um, well, I'm Catholic. What's the difference between Catholics and Protestants? So we feel like whether you remain in this fellowship or not, um, every believer, all Christians, we should know what we believe. And know what it is. It, what is it that keeps us one? What really joins us as one? How can we be one with one another, regardless of our varied backgrounds? And um, you know, it's a little different than the fall semester. By the spring, you guys know what time it is. You've been doing this. Take been in school. You 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 know how to manage your time. So, but I do like to still say a little something that while you're in college, this is the time to pursue the Lord. I studied mechanical engineering, and it was very hard for me. I did not make the best grades. However, I, I feel like the Lord cared for me, just kind of took care of me. Matthew 6.33 says, I'm sorry, I know the King James Version. You all read that? That's fine. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and all these shall be added to you. Seek ye first. 
not seek the straight A's first, or seek uh, a fat wallet first, or or this or that, relationships, cars, but seek first Christ. We're seeking Christ. Seek first the Lord. As you're doing that in college, now you're experiencing the challenges because mom and dad aren't there. They're not going to wake you up. You've got someone much less nice than mom and dad waking you up. Maybe it's just an alarm clock, or maybe you don't get up. But how, how you choose to manage your time and what you choose to focus your college experience on, I implore you, put the Lord Jesus first. Amen. And that may not be here. That's fine. It may not be on Sunday night or, or, or whatever, but seek the Lord first. And I would add, have spiritual companions. Someone that you can talk to. Someone that you can study with. Not necessarily the Bible. Maybe you study your classes. Maybe you have an exercise partner. But as believers, it is extraordinarily challenging to be healthy inwardly as a believer alone. Okay? So, that's that. The matter of the common faith. How did you respond when your acquaintances or friends asked you, Lead <laughs> Zeta, I heard you received Christ last year. What, what's that all about? And you're like, we want to equip you. And, and, and you keep this as a, as a reference, but how about we just read this title together? Ready? Go. To Common Faith. Please don't worry if you have a mouthful of pizza. We'll read. And you just keep reading. Um, the common faith. The common faith. We want to focus on the common faith. Well, what the Bible also refers to is our common salvation. Common. I know, especially uh, in just society in this day and age and everything, uh, we want to accentuate uh, differences. But as believers, we have a common salvation and a common faith. And actually, we are one. We're one. What is it that makes us one? That's what we want to get into. Um, for completeness sake, how about we have the, uh, I'm sorry, if you're not a believer, I, I, come see me. Let's pray to receive the Lord. But um, let's have the brothers read Titus 1.4 all together with a strong spirit. Go. To Titus, genuine child, according to the common faith, common faith, grace and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Savior. I looked at about seven translations of this verse and the next verse this afternoon. They all say this. Common thing. Common thing. In the Bible, there are at least two of faith. There are at least, you know what your name is in Greek in the New Testament? It's pistis. And common is keening pistis. Common faith. There are at least two definitions for faith as it's used in the New Testament. One you could say is the subjective faith. That is our act of believing. Do you have faith, Annie? You believe the Lord Jesus is Christ? Really? You believe that he's the Son of God? Yeah, well, you have faith. Okay. The objective faith, that's the other definition of the Bible, is that the objective faith is what we believe. This is key. This is very key. 
And essentially, it is this that makes us one with every lover of Jesus Christ, every believer. Forget the denominational affiliation, forget race, forget socioeconomic status, forget nationality, forget personal experiences and backgrounds, forget every label, because what makes us one as believers is the common faith. Okay, so let's give the sisters a chance. Please read with a strong exercise release spirit. Jude 3, ready, go. Beloved, while using all diligence to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you and exhort you to earnestly contend for the faith once for all delivered to the saints. Earnestly contend for the faith. I looked at the Greek for this, too. Earnestly contend, because not every translation translates this the same way. Earnestly contend. Some just say contend. Um, one translation says agonize. And I went, there's got to be a reason for that. So I looked at the Greek. And the verb there actually is the same root for agony. But most translations say earnestly contend. Earnestly contend. Okay, I spent some time in the military, Michael. The whole purpose of the military, well, you tell me, what is the job of the United States military? Earnestly contend. Earnestly contend! Yeah, yeah. The, uh, when I was in the Army, our job was to be very good at breaking things and killing people. That is, at its core, what the military is for. And contend is another word for fight. Jude, here, who only wrote one chapter in the whole Bible, is the half-brother of Jesus Christ, flesh brother. And he exhorts us earnestly to contend for the faith, once for all delivered to us concerning our common salvation. You know, maybe next fall we'll have Carlos share, or somebody, one of, one of you, one of you, maybe Grayson will share this message on the faith. But whenever I share this message, I'm always very touched on this matter of content. Content, content. Because as believers, as Christians, as lovers of the Lord Jesus, and lovers of man too, why do you preach the gospel? Do you remember the first person that shared with you about Jesus Christ? Think back. Roll back in your mind. The first person that talked to you about Jesus. Were they fighting with you? Were they contending? Come on, they were loving you. They were loving you. Contend here is different. And here's the, and here's the rub. As Christians, we should know what we should fight over and fight for. And we should know what we shouldn't fight. You know, mostly when you think of Christians, Emily isn't the thought really, well, she's a nice person. She's loving. Grace, a Christian. Oh, I love man. I love God. <laughs> I, I think we should lead with that. I think that should be primarily where we're at. But how do you square this? How, how do you deal with this? There are times when we must contend. But we should know for what we contend. Yeah. 
And, and, it, and it's not many things. I mean, for the most part, we should just be, it's all good. It's fine. Everything's fine. Well, I prefer da 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 That's cool. It's all right. We, for the most part, here's a saying. Tell me if you've heard this saying before. It's, it's very common among Christians. Um, in essentials, unity. In non-essentials, liberality. And in all things, charity. Charity means love. Charity is a 400-year-old word. It's in the King James Bible. It means love. Um, but, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, could, could you repeat that? Let me repeat it. In essentials, unity. The essentials are the items of the faith. In non-essentials, liberality. Liberality. Tempted to do some things, but I don't want to cause divisions in the room. Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. Who had a tree in their house this winter? Okay. Is is whether you put a tree on it, a star on top, or an angel on top, and some candy canes. It is a Christian holiday. Do you think that falls into the category of essentials or not essentials? Not essentials. Should we contend? what size your tree should be. <laughs> Are we going to divide Christian fellowship? Because oh, you don't even celebrate Christmas? How can you even be a Christian, Cindy? <laughs> okay, non-essentials. I think we probably, on our devices and in front of us, we probably have probably 20 different translations of the Bible here. Are, are you going to fight over that? That we read the Bible, that's different. That the Bible is the Word of God, that's different. Yeah. But, I, I, I mean, come on. I like the ASV. Come on. 1901, it beats your 1611 translation. <laughs> nah. It's non essential. Non essential. And in all things, love and charity. I think if we had this in our realization as believers, we could fellowship with anybody. We could fellowship with anybody. My brother. Good fellowship. But here's the thing. Historically, throughout church history, we have hundreds of years to testify this. We have earnest contention for things we have no business contending for. What? Cindy? You've never spoken in tongues? We cannot have fellowship. In fact, I don't even think you're saved. If I hold on to that, if I fight for that, all I did was divide. All I did was divide. And it goes the other way, too. Well, I think you're just doing weird fairy tale stuff. I don't even want to be with you. Okay, then it's, you see, in essentials, unity. So, okay, we should know for what we don't fight about. Some people pray with their eyes closed, on their knees, clasp with their hands. Some people hold hands. All right, let's pray. The first time someone grabbed my hand to pray, I was very uncomfortable with it. <laughs> but you know what I did? I held hands with him and I prayed and we held hands. We pray. Listen, are you gonna are you gonna make that an issue? Are you gonna divide the body because of that? Okay, but the emphasis we want to get into tonight is the other way around. 
Are you some mealy-mouthed, spineless person and you won't take a stand for anything? When that person says, when your professor says, that's just a book of fairy tales. It's got some nice morality in it. But there's no way that thing came from God. Join 2022, Michael. Now what? No. Oh, okay, professor, don't give me an F. Or will you contend? Earnestly contend. There should be some backbone. I mean, I know you little sisters in the back, but I know, I know there's rebar. There's rebar. You know what rebar is? I used to work in construction. That's what makes the concrete not break. I know there's some backbone in you, we'd say. There are things we earnestly contend for, and that we should earnestly contend for. But we need to know what they are. Otherwise, we will be the cause of a lot of problems. A lot of problems, okay? So you, you know already we're not going to go through every verse. But at least I want to read through these points with you, because as we've been talking, and I, and I set up the uh, hypothetical. Do you know what you would have answered your friend when they asked you, well, Michael, what is it about you? you I mean, is a Christian the same thing as a Methodist? And, like, what does it mean? What's a, what are you? What's a Christian? And you're like, oh, man, well, uh, I go to church on Sunday, and sometimes, usually, I try. And, uh, uh, I open packages on December 25th. I'm a Christian. Well, my dad's a Christian, so I think that I am one too. Okay, let's let's see what these these seven items are the only things we're allowed to fight over faith. It's, it's the only thing. We're not allowed to fight it. And if it's not here, we're not allowed to fight about it. But if, if it is in this category, I hope you have some backbone. Okay? So how about Let's all read together. These are, I'll say the Roman numeral one, and then you read what the point is. Roman numeral one, go. Every word of the Bible is inspired by God. I love this one. Roman numeral two, go. There is one God who is the Father, Son, and Spirit, distinct but not separate. That is very deliberate. That, that distinct but not separate there, that's there for a reason. We'll go back, we'll go back. Roman numeral three, go. Jesus Christ is both God completely and man perfectly. What happens if we switch those things that's in the parentheses? Kind of wouldn't make sense even. Jesus Christ is God perfectly? Well, God is perfect. Um, man completely. Anyway, we'll come back to this. Roman numeral four, go. Jesus Christ passed through the process of incarnation, sinless human living, crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension. Amen. Roman rule 5, go. We are saved to become sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. That's right. This is our subjective faith, by the way. This is your act of believing. Roman rule 6, go. Every genuine believer in Christ is part of the one church, the one body of Christ. You ever looked up churches in a phone book? How many churches are there in God's eyes? One. One. 
What do you have to do to become a member of that church? This the previous Roman numeral tells us. What do we do? Believe. We believe. Roman numeral seven, go. The Lord Jesus Christ will return to judge the world and receive his believers to himself. Did you know that's an item of our faith? The Lord's coming back, and there will be judgment, and there will be love. There's a lot of disagreement on uh, when it's happening, but that's not an item of our faith. In fact, Logan, if anyone ever says to you, Jesus Christ is coming back February 14th, 2022, I could pretty much tell you that I know at least one day that he's not coming back. Because <laughs> we don't know, nobody knows. I think it's soon. There's some disagreement about that as well among believers, and we're, and we're allowed to. But it is indisputable that he is coming back. That's indisputable. Um, and, and that's it. I, I hope, brothers and sisters, it, maybe in your little groups, you would point the verses out to each other. Or maybe ask, why in the world they stick this verse in here? But uh, there's just no time. Let me point out to you, let me point out to you something that's very important regarding our faith, which is Jesus is God. Which one of these points does that fall under? Three. Jesus is both God completely and man perfectly. There's a fight in the universe about this because Satan doesn't want people to know that Jesus Christ is both God and man. This is this, the, you could say that this broadly is under a category called the person of Christ. Who is he? I used to work at University of Houston, and the Muslim Association was very, very active on that campus, and they had a sign up that said, "Who is Jesus?" and then uh, and invitations to come to their meetings. And that really irritated me. Because that's our guy. <laughs> you don't even think he's God. Your opinion about it is invalid. There's a there's a a, a, a battle in the universe in this matter of the person of Christ. Know that Jesus is both God and man. Amen. And he is God completely. Meaning, Annie that all three of the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, the three persons of the divine trinity, are all embodied in the person of Christ. Amen. He is not like one-third of a pie. Boop. Second of the trinity became a man. It, it, it's not wrong to say that the second of the trinity, no doubt, takes the lead in incarnation. But Jesus Christ is God. And there's a lot of verses, but I just want to point out to you maybe the best one. The best one. I, I, most of this semester, we're not going to be in the realm of fighting. <laughs> okay? I, I just kind of, that's more my thing. But, but we, we shouldn't remember an essentials unity. And non-essentials what? Liberality. And in all things, which means love. So... Please lead with love. Every time. Lead with love. Even if it's somebody that is completely in error and doesn't realize Jesus is God. Still lead with love. Yeah. You know? I've actually been touched by the Lord. I've had Mormons come to my door. And one time I was I was rude. And the Lord rebuked me. You go and apologize to me 
Like, come on. Lord, they're Mormons. Mark said, Mark said, I love them. I love them. Everybody can get saved. You apologize. Go apologize. I didn't want to. Because who doesn't have pride? I, I went out. I apologize. Sorry. That's that's not how I want to present the Lord to you. But you're wrong. Okay. Uh, another, uh, the Mormons have another book. They don't just believe the Bible. They have another book. Jehovah's Witnesses, they don't think Jesus Christ is God. They'll say he's a God. He's a God. He's like a sub-God. But he isn't the unique God that created everything. No, you're wrong. He is. Jesus is God. And then they go, well, and then you say, see, John 1, 1. Do we all know John 1, 1? Let's quote it together. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Okay, but you know what they'll do? They're like, oh, Mr. Payne, um, sorry, uh, my Bible says here, John 1, 1, the Word was of God. So, sorry. Okay, let me give you what I think is the best verse so that Jesus is God. Let's all read together. It's Hebrews 1.8. It's under Roman rule 3. It's pretty good. Ready? Go. But of the Son, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. And the scepter of uprightness is the scepter of your kingdom. This is a quote from the Psalms. Psalm 2, yep. But... Look at what it says. You can't fiddle with this. There's nothing you can do in your personal translation of the Bible to change this. But of the Son, speaking of the Son, but of Jesus Christ, who is the Son, this guy, but of the Son, talking of Him, your throne, O God. And many, many verses, many, many others. And we just commend this to you. We give this to you as a reference. This isn't everything. In fact, Brooke, some of y'all know Brooke, he and I have struggled, because I'm, I'm a firm believer, I'm against playing around with margins and fonts. I don't like that. But we struggled. You know, you notice, we never want to give you anything more than one page front and back. I, if, if only we could do two pages, or a page and a half, but we've limited ourselves like that. This is for you, as a reference, because we should know for what we contend. Right? Um, and another thing is to just pass along to you, this is a safeguard. Because it will help you to be one with other Christians. Right. It will exactly. help you to be one. You won't argue. My translation is way better than yours. Or, uh, you know, I go to church on Sunday, I don't know what you're doing with the Saturday stuff. You won't be in that realm. You'll both be like, whoa, Michael. You think Jesus Christ really, literally resurrected the third day after he was killed? Do you believe that? Yeah. Me too! We can have good fellowship. I don't care what the label is. This, we have plenty. We have plenty to keep us one. To keep us in sweet one accord in fellowship. This is wonderful. So, um, maybe... Sure. Actually, I don't like to end like this. Like, argh. Let's pray. Let's end with a little prayer. Okay? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we love you. And thank you 
for saving us. Thank you for the Bible. Thank you that you didn't just save us from sin, but you gave us eternal life. You gave us your life. And Lord, thank you that we, we are so happy that we are one with every one of your children. Amen. Everyone that loves you, Lord Jesus, everyone that believes in you, we are one with them. Amen. Lord Jesus, thank you for this fellowship. Pray that you would safeguard us and keep us loving one another, loving man, and caring for the oneness of your family. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Awesome. Thanks, Matt.